Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 248 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you on the, after the front end of a back-to-back -back against the Denver Nuggets in the Golden One Center, where unfortunately the Kings drop their second straight to uh, second straight game to the Denver Nuggets. They lost the Washington Wizards right before Christmas. And now, unfortunately, after Christmas, they will not be able to light the beam because, yes, they lose to the Nuggets 113 to 106. Um, quick, quick things um, out of the way first. Sabonis was out for this game. He is dealing with a hand issue in his right hand, so he did not play. Uh, Alex Len started in his place. And Mike, Mike Brown was in health and safety protocols, so Jordy Fernandez filled in for him. And uh, for some reason, Vladi was in the building sitting next to Vivek. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also sitting next to the... I forget. I, I you're the 49ers guy. I, I don't have his name. So you that's that's on you. <laughs> that one's going to be on you. Alphabunga. I should... There was a 49 There's a 49ers guy that Fong is supposed to know. I, I forgot his name. Like, I, I, can't, I can't find I, a post right now either. For some reason, I could see his face. I could see him in the outfit. I cannot say his name. It's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, yes, there was a 49er. I believe he's a tight end or defense. I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I don't. Um, that, yeah, that, that's that's on that's on fault. Uh, we'll just blame that one on him. Anyway, <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about the Kings. Uh, so uh, the Kings, I thought, played a pretty good game overall. Like, you know. They got a big lead against the Nuggets early. They took advantage of the Nuggets not making shots. They got up 20, but slowly the Nuggets got back on track. They started getting more rhythm. Joker started doing his thing, and Michael Porter Jr. started doing his thing, and they slowly crept back into the game. Um, they they kind of stayed you know, trailing the Kings basically all the way until the fourth quarter where, you know, they finally took the lead, but the Kings took it back briefly. They stayed strong, but unfortunately some really costly turnovers and just not being able to corral some loose balls just really hurt them. And ultimately uh, Michael Porter Jr. And uh, Jamal Murray hit two threes uh, that just, that were just ridiculous. And they took a six point lead and, that was basically the game. Um, this is another tough loss, of course, just because they lost the they lost against the Hornets and the Wizards. But this loss really looms large, unfortunately, for the Kings, as you know, they're they're dropping in the crowded West right now. And you know, we'll see if they can bounce back the next game. But you know, I don't I don't hate this loss. It just sucks that. It comes at the at the heels of those two losses and the one lone win that you know you you should have pretty much gotten anyways, but those two losses really make this loss seem a lot worse than it actually is, in my opinion. Oh yeah, and you know so far we're still in the seventh, but after tomorrow's game, I I mean we're we're gonna play hard. I know that for sure. It's just that another loss will uh, definitely bring us probably into the play and maybe so just just let's talk about kind of this game overall like i thought you know without sabonis i thought the king's offense actually ran pretty well for the most part you know and it, it didn't really get stagnant up until like the fourth quarter which it 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 gets stagnant anyways just because it turns into just iso ball but like 
the Kings moved the ball very well. A lot of guys kind of stepped up. Like, you know, a lot of, some people don't like Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles, I thought, was good this game. I don't love some of his threes. But, like, you know, 11 points, 11 rebounds. Like, Davion Mitchell had nine assists and six points in just 18 minutes. Like, and Rashawn Holmes, like, you know, a, a sighting of him. And, you know, he played very well for the most part. And, you know, Alex Len, you know, with his first start, I thought a lot of guys played well, in my opinion. And they they did enough to be able to win this game. But just, you know, some a few bounces here or there, those two ridiculous threes don't go in. Like, you know, they could have taken the game. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the bench, I mean, Trey Lyles only hit their only three. But other than that, everyone pretty much drove to the rim, uh, which kind of threw me off a little because, I, I mean, I rarely see them drive uh, that much uh, to the rim unless it's like Fox, uh, Monk, or maybe Herder at times. But uh, surprisingly, it kind of worked out in that sort of sense. Yeah, the yeah, we'll talk about Joker later, but like he's not a rim protector. Their mm-hmm. backup is DeAndre Jordan. They don't really have those kinds of defense, especially since uh, Aaron Gordon wasn't playing. So they literally just don't have that much defense at all. And you know, the Kings did the right thing by just constantly attacking the rim. I wish they did it more. We'll talk about that a little bit more too. But it's you know, they have very weak defense, and the Kings took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. Let's talk about some some of the players. So on the Nuggets side, you, you got to start with Jokic. Jokic is the son to the, I guess he's the center of the earth for the Nuggets. And even though he had what I would call a pedestrian near triple-double, you know, 20, 20 points, 11 rebounds, or no, 20 points, 9 rebounds, and 11 assists, like just, it just felt effortless. He, you know, and basically the Kings, for the Nuggets got going when, you know, the Kings just could not stop him one-on-one. And, you know, you can't double-team Jokic because as soon as you double-team him, he sees it and he gets it to a guy cutting for a layup. It's the way their defense, their offense is designed, and it is beautiful to watch. Yeah, and I remember you mentioning in the middle of the game, like, I'm pretty surprised that he only had, like, at, well, at the time, it was, like, what, maybe 12 points or somewhere in that area. Ended it with 20, but it really felt like he could have, like, produced so much more. Like, even though he is, you know, like you said, the center of that offense, and he is just dishing out assists like nothing, he himself could, you know, dish out even more points against us because he was pretty, I would say, pretty unstoppable. Yeah, he scored, like, again, only a very pedestrian 20 points, but, like, he controlled the game. Like just absolutely monopolized everything. You can you can clearly tell best player out there. Like no no doubt. And you know the Kings couldn't stop him. Couldn't really stop him one on one. Like I thought Alex Len had some good moments, but until he got into foul trouble. But like the Kings can't really contain one on one. They don't really have a guy to really do that other than Alex Len without some bonus. And then as again, you cannot double team him. Like at one point the Kings went small, which I honestly question. And like Jokic didn't die, didn't kill them like during small ball, but like that was I thought a horrid idea, just because Barnes like you're gonna run Barnes into the ground first of all, and also you you can't go small against Jokic. He is gonna eat you up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it felt like we played small for I, I'm gonna say majority of the second half for the most part. Uh, we stuck like Wen and Rashawn in for like minutes at a time but like I said foul trouble got to them and uh, just reverted back to the same old small ball 
an interesting uh, option late. Although, you know, I mean, it, it did hurt the Kings because they couldn't stop the other team from scoring. But like, you know, going with Trey Lyles at the five and not put playing Rashawn or Alex, even though like, you know, I know Alex had four fouls, but it's the fourth quarter. Who cares? And like, they had no fouls basically in the in the fourth quarter. Like, put in Alex Lender, you know, play some defense. I know, I know about the spacing stuff and all that, but you can I think it's just sometimes better to code traditional than to try and get cute with small ball because Lyles was all right for stretches, but like there were like certain plays, like you know, just not having play, like he doesn't have that chemistry with De'Aaron on like this one crucial turnover that led to a Jamal Murray layup that you know that basically iced the game. Like you know, just just play, just play traditional. I don't know why, like, you decided to just get cute by playing small ball against a guy, a, one of the very rare guys you cannot go small against. Yeah, maybe because Len is a, maybe a little too slow and the switches weren't, like, fluid enough. Plus, it felt like when Len was out there, and sometimes with Rashawn, um, we double Jokic a lot, and, you know, that's that's very bad. <laughs> but my, my point is, like, I think you can hold, I think you can use, like, you can take your chances with uh, Len, like, one-on-one with Jokic on a few possessions. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Like, because you can't double him, you might as well just kind of, you know, take your chances. And I, I don't know. That That's just the way I look at it. I just prefer the Kings to play a little bit more defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, they were state bitten by some threes, like, at the end. But, you know, I, I don't know why you decided to go small ball. And then the other equation of the small ball, I'm kind of jumping around. You know, play Malik Monk, like, benching Keegan Murray from Malik Monk. Now, Malik has been has been great, like, for stretches in the past. He has not been great lately. Like, especially in this game, you know, only, only what, eight points, three for ten from the field, and mm-hmm. oh for five from three. Those two threes, he two straight threes he missed in the third quarter, just brutal. Like he he is not shooting well from three these past few games. And him, like De'Aaron, I always mention, settles for too many threes. Like De'Aaron hit his this game, but like Malik just can't he just can't hit. And like when he's not hitting, I get that he's out there for like shot creation and his spacing, but like why not just have Keegan out there? Just you know, see what you can do and have Fox create, kind of monopolize the offense, like, towards Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, Michael Porter Jr. on the Nuggets. Like, I I always like I always look at him, and I just see, like, a player who's not a winning player. Like, he doesn't, doesn't really do much on defense, doesn't really, you know, like, his... He doesn't really do a lot of the little things that you kind of need, like, a super max player, no less, to do. <laughs> But like, fuck, can this guy score? He is basically like TD on steroids. Oh, uh, yeah. Every shot he makes, I get a heart attack because, my gosh, it, it just goes in no matter what. I Either he leans or shoots beyond the arc. It's it's pretty ridiculous, not going to lie. And he's huge. He's 6'10 with long arms. And like, you know, the, the, the one three he hit on Herder late, like I keep bringing those up. I don't know what Herder could have done other than just kind of be, you know, magically like have, you know, ultra instinct and just be in the right position. Like he's kind of right there, but Michael Jordan just, Michael Porter just shoots over him essentially. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, he's just one of those guys that if he gets going, you can't stop him. And 
yeah, the Kings couldn't stop him this game. He kind of he was the one who started the run um, for the for the Nuggets to get back in during the second quarter when they were down twenty because he would just pull up for three like no hesitation, like again a souped up version of of TD if he just got the mushroom for Mario. That's mm-hmm. really what he is. Oh yeah, definitely close against us like very well. Um, I, like the, no one else really stood out. Like Jamal Murray had twenty five, but like never really like, felt like he controlled the game or anything. Um, it, let, let's talk about uh, uh, in detail more about the Kings. Kevin Herter, I thought had a good game. Like you know, I don't, I don't think he forced anything, and you know, he just kind of just did his thing. Um, De'Aaron Fox, like I thought he did his thing. He just kind of did what they needed him to do. There, although some really bad turnovers late, like that one alley oop to uh to Monk. Uh, Mo- to Monk that just had no chance. Like just go up with it. Like you're the best transition scorer probably one of the best in the league like just go up with it instead of trying to get too cute with a with a uh with an alley-oop and then also there that one turnover like he just drove to the rim in the fourth quarter and just lost it and that was another that was another big play it just you know i thought he was i thought he was overall good but as i mentioned with malik like i just feel them to just like they've been told to just shoot threes shoot threes shoot threes at a certain point, like you're getting the Nuggets into the into the bonus, and like their rim protection is you know mediocre at best. Attack the rim each time, just like try and wear out Jokic that way, as opposed to you know constantly pulling up for uh, jump shots. Yeah, we definitely should slow down our uh, game a little instead of settling for a three. I don't um, think it's about a slowing down or anything. I just think they just need to attack. Like again, the, the the Malik play where he missed two threes, like on the second one, drive in. Now, granted, don't stop shooting, but you got you gotta know like at a certain point you, you don't have it, and like again, the Nuggets protect Nuggets rim protection is bad, mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. Attack, man. Yeah, did feel like that Fox didn't um, attack the rim pretty early on? In your opinion, I thought he did. Like he's a like I thought he attacked really well. Like you know, got some floaters, got some mid ranges. Like I'm okay with anything other than a dribble and pull up three because I, mm-hmm. I just think he takes too way too many of those. Now he was three for five, like which is really good. I still don't love it. Yeah, and all three of them, I mean, were in the fourth quarter as well. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, look, he makes it, he makes it. But again, his best, his best weapon is his ability to attack the rim and his mid range. Like, go for those instead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I, I, I'm not, I'm not mad about this performance. Like, you know, you, if let's just say before this homestand, you would have said like, oh, the Kings win the first three and then probably split this one. If not, you know, maybe lose both or maybe even win both. So, like, you know, coming in, like, I didn't have, like, crazy high expectations, especially without Sabonis. Like, the Nuggets are the number one seed right now. So, like, you know, they're a good, they're a good team. They they have an identity. They have an MVP candidate. And you're you're coming in here without your best player. So, like, I thought the, I thought the Kings did a good job. And, like, they didn't, they didn't overplay anyone now, except for, like, Kevin Herter, who played 37 minutes. But, like, it, I, don't, I think they did well enough to be able to win. Now some crucial plays down the stretch, like that's gonna hurt you. But like now they just have to focus on you know bouncing back tomorrow, uh, so to be able to steal a win. Oh yeah. So how how long will Sabonis be out actually? So he's a day to day right now. He was questionable wow. coming into this game. It's a pain tolerance thing with him. They said. Hmm. I see. Well, hopefully he comes back soon because definitely would 
would be needing him. And it'd be, be a pretty interesting matchup against uh, Jokic for sure. And like, you know, Sabonis, if Sabonis plays and then Alex Len comes off the bench, I think that's perfect. Like you can, mm. you have two big guys that can absorb contact from, uh, from, from Jokic and like, you know, you know, Lord knows, like maybe next game, like Bones Highland doesn't have such a bad game because Bones is usually really good. But, you know, it's just like, it's nice that you were able to keep it close, but at a certain point, you got to get back into the win column because this is where things can kind of, you know, start to free fall. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to quickly talk about? Mm, I mean, 49ers, I guess. <laughs> Well, God dang, brought Purdy and uh, George Kittle because uh, pretty much uh, went to the championship game for fantasy. <laughs> um, good for you. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't play fantasy. I don't play. Uh, I don't play. Uh, what's it called? I don't play basketball or. Uh, oh. Well, I don't. I don't even watch football, so I don't even play right. any kind of fantasy. Definitely, I know how it works generally, yeah. though. Definitely for basketball fantasy, it's it's tough. <laughs> I from what I've heard. Um, I mean, football, you only have to worry about, you know, very few games a week. Basketball, I mean, there's games almost every single day that you have to consider, like, flipping your players in and out of your lineup. So that's definitely uh, a challenge compared to football. Well, just know that Owen says good for you. <laughs> um, really quickly, I just want to go over some quick news around the NBA. So apparently, it came out at, uh, before the uh, New York Knicks game uh, um, between or the game on Christmas between the Knicks and the Philadelphia 76ers. Harden is strongly considering a return to Houston. Now, my question to you is, what do you think? And also, do you think this this report is bullshit? I think it's BS. <laughs> why? 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 I mean, after the season? After or, the season? Yeah, like I, I cannot. I still cannot see Houston making a push for the playoffs even after the season. Uh, I mean, shoot, the pieces they got together right now is is I don't know. In my opinion, not melding together at the moment. Maybe don't prove me wrong in next season, but I mean, right now it's it's it looks kind of messy. I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 for, I know it's from Woj and everything. It's a, it's a dick it's a dickhead thing that his agent is doing. Where like, oh, hey, I have suitors out there. Hey, Houston's Houston's willing to pay me a max. Uh, you, you guys better pay me a max because yeah, fuck yeah, I'll, fuck yeah, I'll go to Houston. Which honestly says a lot about James Harden, meaning he doesn't really want to win. Basically, he goes <laughs> back to Houston, and honestly, you might be better off letting him go because, like, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But he's definitely lost the step, and he's not—he's not that kind of player that could carry a team into the playoffs anymore, anyways. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a leverage play. I mean, sure, yeah, G- good job, Daryl Moore, for getting yourself into the situation, and uh, yeah, I mean. I think I don't think he's actually considering it. I mean, if he is considering it, that says that says a lot about James Harden, and it's honestly probably something you don't want to have to deal with. Uh, yeah. Uh, so his his contract's ending after this season, then, huh? So te- so technically, he has a player option for next oh, year, but I see. he can reject it and get a max from Houston or something. Yeah, yeah, I see. 
Well, we'll see if he wants to win or gets money because I, it sounds like he's leaning towards money. Don't do it, Houston. It's really fucking stupid if you do it. Because <laughs> now you have another guy that just we'll, – we'll, I don't – maybe he changes, but, like, you know, you have two young guys who need the ball in Kevin Porter Jr. and, uh, and Jalen Green, and you're going to add in the – probably, like, the biggest ball hog in the league, like, arguably. <laughs> and, you know, not the greatest idea. Is it time for his retirement tour? <laughs> I mean, kind of. Like he, he's 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 on the down trajectory part of his career. I don't by the end of that contract, yes. But like, I don't know. Like it, it depends on what his priorities are. If he really wants to win, or he just wants to chill. If he wants to chill, like, sure. But like, if you're Houston, do you really want to pay a like a guy, however, what fifty million a year to just chill? Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, so this is just my note A- after the, so another thing I just want to talk about after the Warriors beat the Grizzlies and uh, Clay basically teabagged Dylan Brooks. Uh, like I, I just have a note. I, you can't sleep on the Warriors. I know they're like way down there in the standings, but you know, some people roll their eyes at this. They got that championship DNA in them. And, like, they keep winning big games. They beat the Boston Celtics in in that one ABC game, I think, about a a week or two ago. And then, of course, they beat the Grizzlies on on Christmas Day without uh, Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I know they're down to the dumps right now. Do you think they can repeat? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I feel like they could repeat for sure. As long as they're in the playoffs. By the end of this season, I feel like they could get real close to the finals. I'll, I'll add this caveat. As currently constructed, no. Uh, they mm. don't have an auto porter, and they don't have a Carrie Payne Jr. Although Dante DiVincenzo is actually a pretty good replacement for um, for for uh, Gary Payton. But like, I think they need that auto porter kind of guy. And the way it's constructed right now, I don't see it. I think it comes in the form of a James Wiseman trade because mm. I, I don't see him playing in the in the playoffs, mm. and he's a twelve million dollar player that you can probably talk some young, like talk some young team into getting him. Like honestly, wouldn't be the worst idea. Like try and get Eric Gordon. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they do make these kind of moves, I mean, yeah, I mean, don't further. <laughs> And make it closer to those uh, finals, promised land. Yeah, we'll we'll see. They keep getting signature wins. Like they keep they beat the good teams when they matter, and that's oh, yeah. part of just the championship DNA thing. It's when they go up against like lesser teams that they struggle. I mean, they barely beat the Hornets. The, the like just now, like granted, the Kings didn't beat the Hornets. So you know what does that say about us? But I'm just saying, like they they, they show what they need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure they could sneak in within the top eight by the end of this season okay last thing i'll just quickly talk about before we uh talk before you know it magically switches over to the second game uh so you know related to the nuggets you know on christmas day after a very long um honestly tedious game between the suns and the nuggets aaron gordon got i think got a pass or got the rebound dribbled down the court and absolutely destroyed Shamit's soul with an incredible dunk. 
that was called a charge at first. We'll mm-hmm. ignore that part. That was overturned. But he he absolutely destroyed Landry Shamit so much to the point where he didn't play against the Grizzlies today. Oh, really? He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. I think it was just resting. It was just probably some soreness. Some soreness. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I guess you know. First thoughts about that dunk. I mean, I was watching it live. I I couldn't believe where he took off and you know <laughs> landed his shot because I really thought he was just trying to draw the foul. But nope, he he went all in. No joke. Dwayne would have given that eight, just just so you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So like I I yeah, that was an amazing dunk to really cap off in a in a really incredible game where uh I think we not I think the Suns led for pretty much the entire time before the Nuggets slowly crept back in it. And also really weird game from uh CP3, five of ten from the free throw line. Mm, yeah, he he missed some crucial ones towards the end too. Yeah, he's He's just been weird as a lay. I mean, he had he had some big ones. Like his mid range is unbeaten. That elbow jumper of his. Oh yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. He he's done. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. How old is he? Like thirty six. Thirty six or thirty seven. He's about LeBron's age. Uh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Hate to break it to you, Suns man. You ain't winning shit this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they didn't have D book. I don't care. It doesn't matter. They're not winning anything. And now, granted, they beat the, they beat the shit out of the Grizzlies today. I think so. Maybe there's some there, but it might just show you like, hey, everyone loses every now and then. Oh yeah. I think it says way more about. I think it says just way more about the Grizzlies than anything it says about the Suns. I'll just say <laughs> they're this year's Jazz. That's what they are. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, which, by the way, Minnesota not doing all so well right now. Apparently, there's a report out there, inter- internal feeling around the organization. They might they might have fucked up on that trade. Oh, is that right? It's like, whatchamacallit, Rudy Gobert isn't like the Utah Rudy Gobert three, four years ago. And so that's the thing that they talked about. He might be on his de- He might be on a decline right now. Like that's the internal discussion. They're like, oh shit, he's not who he used to be. Which, by the way, what were you expecting? I'm sorry. Like, granted, even I had higher expectations than this. I thought Rudy would be able to keep you, you know, competent on defense. And you know, you never know. They might be able to figure it out, honestly. Like, it can't be this bad all year, I don't think. But it'd be pretty funny if they were this bad throughout the rest of the season. It again, the most hilarious outcome. Victor Wembanyama goes to the Jazz because of the Timberwolves. Oh God, that would be absolutely incredible. You trade, you got ripped off like from for one French guy, and you gave up the prize of the prize of the decade to get some. Let's be honest, a flawed player that wasn't worth five draft picks. However you want to break it. Oh, man. Well, we'll see if Minnesota ever turns that around. <laughs> I, I, will, I will also say the worst part of the trade is not Rudy. The worst part of the trade is keeping D'Angelo Russell. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Sadly enough, they still haven't watched Game of Thrones. But uh, I guess hopefully we can come up uh, with a W tomorrow against Denver again. 
Yeah, I have a light the beam thing on my desk that I have not been able to light for the past few, past week, basically. Hmm. No, that's right. <laughs> so you light it every time we win? I do. I send it to a buddy. <laughs> Uh, which yeah. is not you by the way if you're working. No. no yeah but yeah hopefully we could see the beam again because i don't think i've seen it with you know in its like fullest power i guess yeah um i mean i mean it, it's been shown but i i haven't really looked it up like how bright it is oh yeah plus especially with how like gloomy the weather is in sac right now uh i want to see how strong it can shoot through those clouds Okay, I'll I, since I won't send you the beam when we win, I will send you something else the next time we win. All right, then you won't know what it is, but honestly, I don't know what it is right now. We'll, we'll figure. I'll, I'll figure that out if if we ever do win. Maybe I'll some. <laughs> maybe I'll have some time to think about it because right now the Kings are in a bit of a down downward slump. So they face the they face the uh, Nuggets on tomorrow, and then I believe they face the Jazz right the next game. Uh. Yes, they face the Jazz on Friday, which that is a team that's going to be interesting. That's a try-hard team, and I am worried about the Kings against try-hard teams. Mm, I guess we shall see. Jeez, looking at the schedule. Uh, Jazz, then Memphis, then Jazz, then Atlanta, then, oh, look at that, Lakers. Oh yeah, Lakers. I mean, they're they're they are better. I mean, granted, it really sucks that AD is injured because they were trending up. Oh yeah, I mean LeBron still putting up numbers, just the rest of the team not not so great. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, so okay, we'll, we'll talk about this last thing. So Luca had a sixty point, uh, twenty rebound, ten assist, triple double tonight, the first time in history. On the other side, the Knicks blew a nine-point lead with 26 seconds to go. So, got to put that out there. Also, I uh, so for those of you that don't know who Drew Hanlon is, I, I've mentioned Drew Hanlon to you a few times. He's the trainer for Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid and a bunch of other guys, too. Mm-hmm. So, this is a tweet from him. Luka was incredible tonight and has been all season. So fun to watch. But to show how biased the media is, here are some facts. Joel Embiid is averaging more points, more rebounds, more blocks, higher field goal percentage, higher free throw percentage, and his team has a better record than Luka. Okay. (laughs) Sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people around the league would uh, consider Luka the better man. Uh, Look, I'll, I'll 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 just leave it at this. Look, you can tweet all this bullshit you want. I'm not, no one's voting for MVP. I'm sorry. He ain't winning it. So fuck off with this, please. Honestly, this makes me just not not like him even more. Like Joel, Joel, that is. Like, I like Joel for the most part. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Joel for the most part. He's funny on Twitter. It's this annoying ass campaigning for just themselves that it's just unnecessary. First of all, uh. you're on Twitter. Like the people that are on here are are nerds, and they already appreciate. Um, they already appreciate who Joel Embiid is and what he does. There are no casual fans on Twitter, so you're not reaching anybody. Just stop it. <laughs> and also, stick stick to train. Like I'm not trying to be the shut up and dribble lady, but by, by any means, shut up and just train, dudes. I don't give a shit what you think. I really don't. Oh, man, it, it's it's his right. It's his right. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time. 
I don't gotta hear this shit from you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really don't. I'm not. I, of course, I ignore him anyway. So who cares? But uh, yeah. it's it's annoying. It's the Daryl Morey. It's the Daryl Morey think tank that's kind of just honestly plagued. That's kind of spread into Philadelphia now. That was from Houston. Like, you know, when one of my one of my coworkers, he always complains about James Harden not winning that MVP, and he never gets it through his head that Giannis was just as good <laughs> statistically. <laughs> And had a better record. That's all you got to say. But he scored more. I don't give a shit. His team, he started out really shit that year. Anyway, yeah, we're not going to go into a tangent. Look, Drew Hanlon, I get it. You're campaigning for your guy. Cool. It's all good. Just stop it. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Just stop, please. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's a pretty good tangent to uh, put, uh, end to this uh, side of the episode. All right. After the commercial break, you'll be hearing from us uh, after the second night of a back-to-back against the Nuggets. Okay. The Kings get a win. Finally. It it feels like it's been an eternity, even though it's only been two games and I believe about a week since, because I think they played the Lakers on last Wednesday. So really, it's only been a week, but it's felt like an absolute eternity since the Kings have won. So the Kings have won, or the Kings just beat the Denver Nuggets 127 to 126. I like the with the way how the game was going, I was saying the, the only way the Kings win this one is they score 130. I, I was about three points off, but that is kind of the point of this game. So uh to re quickly just kind of give a, you a summary of the game. Um oh before we actually get into that, no fong for the second half. He is busy. He is uh, doing something else, so <laughs> I am gonna I'm gonna cover uh, just solo. Sorry for the weird change, but uh, I will cu- I will give you a summary of the game right now. So, on the second night of a back to back against the Nuggets again, the Kings came out really, really flat, really just looking lost. They looked out of it. I don't know what was going on. Like passes just weren't crisp. Uh, the rhythm of the offense just wasn't there, and the worst sin of all, they missed a lot of shots. Um, Sabon- uh, Sabonis did come back this game. He His thumb felt just fine enough. And honestly, if you didn't know he had an injury, you wouldn't have noticed anything because he kind of picked up right where he left off. However, that did not stop the Kings from just looking completely out of sorts on offense. They, they I believe in the first half, they shot 37% from the field. And I don't have their three-point shooting numbers, but it was bad. <laughs> That's all you got to know. And yeah, the offense just wasn't clicking. And then their defense is their defense. It's inconsistent. It, you know, it real it gives up way too many layups. And when you're going up against Nikola Jokic, the master of just finding guys for layups, their offense is designed so well that it like anytime he catches in the high post. There is an open shooter if you even you know dare to dare to double, or like there's always a guy cutting to the rim for for a layup. Their offense is just perfectly designed that way, and the Kings just like they just couldn't keep up. And this basically let the let the Nuggets just absolutely just dog walk the Kings, absolutely smack them in the face in the first half. And for much of the first half, it was like a 19 point lead. It was a double digit lead. They the offense for the Nuggets was just running so smoothly, you know, while the Kings were missing shots. 
The Nuggets were running on all cylinders and diced up the Kings. And, you know, honestly, for the first half, I, I say the first half, but also, like, for much of the third quarter. Like, the Kings made a mini run in the third quarter, but it was mostly double digits for much of the game. And the Kings just weren't able to get, you know, a consistent stop and then score on the other end. The, the consistency, consistency wasn't there. The offense had improved by the, by the second half a little bit, by the third quarter, but they just could not get stops, unfortunately. And, you know, they managed to kind of cut into the double-digit lead a little bit to begin the quarter, but then they it would go right back up, or the Nuggets would answer back. That's what I'm trying to say. However, going into the fourth, they managed to cut it to an almighty 11-point lead after, you know, trailing for about, like, what felt like 16 for pretty much the entire quarter. So the Kings then make a, make a nice little run. Um, well, here, I guess this is a better way to describe it. Like, while they were getting smacked around, they kind of just hung around. Like, as I mentioned, it felt like they were down 16 for a while. It did not get out of control. Like, I looked back at the stat sheet and found, really, they were only, their biggest, um, the Nuggets' biggest lead was only 19. Because it felt like they were at 16 for the longest time. But the my point I'm trying to make, they kind of just hung around. They would make these little runs. Of course, the Nuggets would answer back. But when the fourth quarter started, you know, the, the fight, the, throughout the entire game, the fight was there. And when the fourth quarter started, the Kings finally put it all together and started getting stops. They started getting, you know, forcing turnovers. Also, Nikola Jokic wasn't on the floor and DeAndre Jordan had to play. Although DeAndre actually didn't hurt them as much as you would think. But like without Jokic on the floor, like the Kings made, got a little bit of momentum. Like Casey, guys like Casey Paula, guys like Rashawn Holmes started making plays. And that gave the Kings a little bit of energy. And they managed to carry that even when Jokic checked in. And they finally and they finally started putting together, you know, consistent stops and consistent scores. They were forcing turnovers. And ultimately, they finally got some got some rhythm back and they and they scratched and clawed their way to the to the victory. How but you know, before that, like Jokic did his absolute damnedest to like apt to will the Nuggets back into this game and he just about you know just about beat the Kings all by himself the Kings were able to hold it off and Malik Monk hit the game-winning free throw to take a much-needed win on this what has become a pretty pretty disastrous homestand so you know it it really shows that the Kings like they have a spirit a, a determination uh, about them and it's you know, we didn't see this from years before, and it's really good to be able to see them just, you know, f scratch and claw an ugly, ugly, well, it's not even an ugly game. It was just ugly on the Kings' side for much of the game, just because they were trailing for so long, and, you know, they didn't waver. They just hung around. They made, they still made plays, and ultimately, you know, the opening was there for them to come back, and they actually took it. So, you know, it's really good to, to see the Kings be able to do this, um, and yeah, again, it shows a lot of like the much improved spirit and just like, I guess the will of this team. It, it, I'm, I can't, I'm struggling to find the word right now. It, the game just ended pretty, um, pretty of just about like 10 minutes ago or like, you know, 20 minutes at this point, but like the Kings real, the Kings, they fought and they didn't give up. And that's all you can ask for sometimes against, you know, the, what I believe is still the number one seed. Let's check the standings real quick. Yeah. They, well, no, they're not the number one seed. Well, 
they're well, they're technically the second seed, but they have the same record as the Pelicans. So, um, yeah, so good on them for being for being able to take this game. You know, I wasn't expecting them to win, especially when they went down twenty and just hung around at sixteen for so long. But again, the fight was there, and this team didn't give up, and that is the best you can ask for. Okay, let's get to the uh, individual players. Uh, as I mentioned, Sabonis, like he he was questionable coming into this game, and he played. And yeah, again, he basically picked up right where he left off. Um, if you didn't know that he had a thumb injury, again, you wouldn't have noticed it because he, he basically just he basically just played. Like you didn't, I didn't notice anything. Now we'll see if that's like you know going to be a long. If there's going to be something down the line, like maybe the pain just gets a little too bad because. As James Ham has said, like this is a pain tolerance. Um, this is a pain tolerance injury, and you know he's gonna forego surgery. And you know the bone, the bone will apparently. I don't know the medical term for it, but apparently it will heal. Um, but like it for a while, it's just gonna hurt. And again, you wouldn't have noticed it really hurt him because he just played like Sabonis, like he just had honestly never left. The, the only thing is there was a few moments. There was one specific moment where um, De'Aaron tried to pocket past him um, and it landed in his injured right hand and he just kind of lost the ball. That was like the only moment where it popped up. Um, yeah, so hopefully that really, you know, I maybe not run pick and rolls going to the left and have him finish on the right side where he has to catch the ball with his right hand. But other than that, like, he just just played the he just played his game like 31 points like he went he went to work and he also hit two threes now he did miss three free throws but like he made up for it like in other ways and he guarded Jokic as well as he as well as anyone really could on this team like outside of maybe like putting in um Alex Len to absorb some fouls like I thought he did well enough not to straight up get bullied although Jokic had his way we'll we'll get into that but you know I thought he played great and you couldn't ask more, couldn't ask really any more from him. Uh, okay, De'Aaron Fox. He started out really slow. I thought I honestly didn't even notice he was out there. I was kind of I was getting annoyed watching this game. Again, the Kings were down, and like, where was De'Aaron? And you know, he started out slow, but he slowly started to pick it up in the second half. And in crunch time, he basically just went total, he went ISO mode and was absolutely unstoppable. The only complaint is I just don't know why he doesn't do it a little bit more often in terms of just trying to get to the rim specifically because he is absolutely unstoppable sometimes when he when his mindset is that I am going to get to my spot and there is going to be fuck all you can do about it. He didn't do that often enough is the only complaint I have, but when he did, he was absolutely unstoppable. He also impressively just had had 12 assists, which I did 13 assists actually. Um, I actually mistyped that on my notes, but yeah, 13 assists. And yeah, like I did not, it didn't feel like he did, but yeah, he was, he was a playmaker this game, 31 points and 13 assists. That's a really, really good game from De'Aaron and they needed just about everything from him. Um, one more thing about De'Aaron, I wish they, I wish like the coaching staff would run more plays where they just clear out a side for him to ISO, like maybe run a triple pitch or two and clear out the side that he's attacking to. And just clear out because when he has just a when he has basically a clear side to work with, again he is just unstoppable. And they need to just run with run that for him more and just honestly tell him to really chill on the pull up threes. He was two for six this game, and the two he hit were huge. But at the same time, 
you, he needs to calm down on the threes. Just get to the rim, get to the mid range where you're really good, and yeah, just go, just go, just do that more often. And I think the Kings will be a lot better. Okay, Malik Monk. You talk talk about guys that hate settle who settle for threes, but uh, Malik Monk after he tweeted out last game that you know I think the exact tweet was like my bad, I'll, I need to be better. He was better in this game, thirty three points. Um, yeah, five, 12 of 21 from the field, four for eight from three, even though, again, I wish it would take a little bit less. And honestly, honestly, same thing with the air, just attack the rim more because both of them are really good at attacking the rim. But, you know, what are you going to complain about? 33 points tonight and just he hit the game winning free throw, didn't miss one of them, but he made, he made the one that they, he needed to make and the game, Kings were able to take the game. And it was a lot of it was due to his just aggressiveness, his just athleticism, his playmaking. They needed every single point from him. And yeah, good on him for, for being able to deliver and bounce back. You know, hopefully this is like a thing that's going to continue because, you know, they actually, well, I don't know if they so on so so benched Kevin Herter for him, but like, you know, Kevin Herter didn't play much in the forward. Neither did Harrison Barnes, by the way, which is surprising. And yeah, they went with a super small lineup to, to close the game and Malik delivered. Like the final play for him, where they basically had him spin, spin baseline and hook, <laughs> hook KCP going to the rim uh, for the for the game winning free throws. Like, you know, kudos to him for making that play, and also like Jordy Fernandez, like drawing up some beautiful out of bounds plays. Like, you know, in summer league, he drew uh, in that game against the Orlando Magic, he drew up a beautiful out of out of timeout play for Keon Ellis to fake the handoff. Now, unfortunately, that ball got sent to the sent to the shadow realm by uh, Emmanuel Terry, but like that was a great play drawn, and, and Ru- uh, Ruby Jordy like has he's got something, you know. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll he'll still do this like when Mike Brown comes back, but it's definitely something that I I notice with him. Okay, all right, let's talk about the uh, other Kings player. Um, so Rashawn Holmes, while you look at the stat sheet, you know, zero points, z- only one rebound and zero assists, he did have a steal and two blocks. And I thought he was really good this game, just being, you know, being a defensive presence. Like he made some plays, they let, you know, they led to scores on the other end and it provided much needed energy, like to the team. And, you know, he had been just kind of been honestly rotting on the bench and, We'll see if this is kind of a consistent role for him going forward, but it's really nice to see him being able to find like you know a rhythm to him. And you know, like he, he's a good player. It's just he just have I just don't think he's had the chance to really I guess prove himself and to like actually get into rhythm. And maybe now he'll actually get a chance, and hopefully he performs this way going forward. Because if he does, it's pretty good. That's a pretty decent backup center. He's not Sabonis by any means, but like as you know, as a backup, that's perfect for him. And yeah, hopefully he's gonna be able to carve out a role. Um, and, you know, talk about defensive energy. Like KZ, he was in the same boat. Just you know, he came in was just he's a def- as I mentioned, he is a defensive stopper. Like they put him on Bones Highland, they put him on Michael Porter Jr. They basically put him on just about everyone, and he was able to kind of like stymie them a little bit, kind of just you know turn the turn the water off on them a little bit. I guess is a saying. Like he definitely made them think twice about attacking one on one, and you know made it not as easy to be able to do that. And like he made some defensive plays. He had a beautiful like chase down block against. Well, he had three blocks this game. Wow, and knows that many, three blocks and one steal. 
and he and he had a big three. Like he he he's a he's a defensive playmaker, and this this Kings team definitely uh, like desperately needs some sort of defense, and just sprinkling him in here, sprinkling in him in like here like here and there. Like you can find something with him. Like he is a legit defensive stopper and defensive playmaker. And the Kings are in desperate need of that kind of like playmaking from him. And I know like in other games they're gonna play um, you know, they're gonna play Terrence Davis, but I don't I don't see why he can't play with Terrence Davis. Like, you know, just put it put on some defensive pressure, give the give the other team a different look and you know, spice up the game because he provided much needed defensive energy on the other end. And the the defensive energy that he brought, like defensive plays he made, it led to offense on the other end. So, you know, why not play him more often? I've been calling for that. I've been calling for like Mo Harkless like last year to play more. I, I I get it, like spacing is a concern, but you know, like put put in some defense in there. You know, let the defense turn into offense. Okay, take a uh, take a little uh, water uh, break right there. Uh, okay, now, talking about defense, Davion Mitchell, you know what he's known for. Like he played amazing defense, uh, especially down the stretch. Like you know, he normally he doesn't get fourth quarter minutes, but in this game, they they went to a really small lineup with um with Davion Fox and Malik, and he he was out there for one reason. He was out there to, to shut basically clamp down. On Bones Highland, who, while he hadn't been killing them by any means, but like he was definitely a problem for them. And you know, Bones did score on him once in crunch time, just kind of like forcing his way to the rim and getting a layup. But he app Davion absolutely shut him down in the fourth quarter. Just and there were there were multiple plays where he ended up getting tripped on a screen, and they didn't call it. But anytime like he. Basically, anytime he's not screened off, he was absolutely glued to Bones Highland, forced a huge turnover like on Bone on Bones um in crunch time, like I think with about a minute to go, and just like absolutely just smothered him. And you know, again, we're talking about defense. I want I want Davion to play more too. Like you know, normally doesn't get that many fourth quarter minutes. They have him just they usually have him come in or like they have Fox. Like replace him in the lineup, but in this case they they benched a Kevin Herter because um, like Kevin Herter was having a weird game. Let I me mean, he scored and he made some plays, but he was a little off. He, he's actually been kind of he's been playing weird lately. So and you know so like they went with Davion and Davion just was so good down the stretch. Like I just cannot overstate how good he was. And any sort any sort of offense, he only scored five points this game. And to assist, but like he was so just and any kind of offense that he gives is an absolute bonus because he's so good on on a defense. Okay, last guy I want to quickly talk about um Trey Lyles. Like, I'll be honest, I don't I can't really name you anything he actually did <laughs> during the game. Um like he is just a guy that just knows how to play NBA basketball. Not to throw, not to throw, not to like, not meant to throw shade at him, but like you look at a guy like Marvin Bagley, although he's been a lot better in Detroit as far, far as I, what I've seen. Like Marvin doesn't really know how to play NBA basketball. I, I always say he doesn't really like know the spots to be in. He doesn't really have that, you know, feel for like the open spot, although like he does show flashes of it, but it's not consistent. And he, you know, when he on offense, like he doesn't 
he doesn't know how to make a quick move in my opinion like he you know if he if he's like trying to score he's got to like you know go to work he's got to dribble a few times he's got to get into his bag but like with a guy like trey lyles he catches the ball he is doing something with it he's not pausing he's not going to over dribble he's not going to get into his bag um unnecessarily and you know he just has that way he knows how to fit into a system and you know he just he's just a good player like he somehow was a plus 13 he, i guess he was just in during the during the comeback and the, the, part of the comeback was very much on him like he just does very little subtle things out there he's a smart player and yeah just well, really kudos to him like he he had he had um five he had five points six or nine rebounds and you know four assists which were really surprising he had a really nice dish to uh Sabonis late He's just the player who knows how to play NBA basketball. Okay. All right. Um, okay, let's talk about the uh, Nuggets really quickly. Jokic, like, what What are you going to say about him? He's he's a two-time MVP, and honestly, if it wasn't voted for team, probably should get the third straight MVP. But he was just a fucking monster. I had mentioned, like, last game, it, he had a pedestrian near triple-double. I believe it was, like, 20 easy points and then, like, 12 rebounds and then 9 assists. This game, he came to work. He came to score. He was he was ready to just kill people, <laughs> basically bully guys this game. And he he absolutely just, you know, put, like, put guys in the weight room. Like, I, I said, like, Sabonis defended him as well as he could. Yeah, the man shot 15 for 24, and I don't remember him missing nine shots. I swear to God, he missed like two shots the entire game. If you just watch how he played. Like, there was there were so many plays. Like, especially when the Kings were making their run, as I mentioned earlier, they were making their run, and then and then Jokic would get the ball, and there was nothing anyone could do to stop him from scoring. He would bowl his way to, to the paint and just throw up some sort of floater, show off just absolute beautiful touch just automatic uh anytime he got the ball and when the kings were making their run he went on a personal run to kind of push that lead back to six and it looked like the game was over but luckily the kings were able to fight back but he was just absolutely unstoppable and i was just as shocked as anyone that he missed his last two shots because sabonis played great defense but at a certain point like you're you're playing against an mvp and that's what he is he is just an absolute monster just bullied his way to 40 points and it didn't even feel like he forced anything like it, i talk about like a guy getting into his bag when he is getting into his bag it's always like off like after he's run some action and it's kind of petered out and it's almost like it's almost like a last resort type thing where he doesn't need to you know dominate the possession or anything he's going to try and run something and if there's six seconds left on the clock he's just going to you know raise his hard hat and just go to work and just be able to create a good shot no matter what and just he's just so incredible like he he does he really does deserve to win a third straight mvp but i don't think he's getting it but damn i would not be mad if he did um, Michael Porter Jr. I thought was pr okay for much of the game. Like he he had 13 points in the in the first quarter and ended up with 19. N not not to say anything. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of mentioning it just because like he started the game picking up right where he left off, just hitting threes. And the Kings really dodged a, quite a few bullets um, in the in in the fourth quarter when he was making his when they were making their comeback. He missed uh, like two wide open ones, and yeah, those would have been killer, but. 
you know, he, he had a decently pedestrian game. It is what it is. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. But he's kind of in the same way. He doesn't really force anything. He, he takes good shots. Now, he can he can get a little overzealous, but he's actually good enough to make those shots. And honestly, he justifies him being able to take those shots. I always say he's not really a, a winning player to me. He's he's better than what I give him credit for. Like, he does make some defensive plays. He's long. He's a smart player for the most part. But, again, not a super max player by any means. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Bones Highland, I thought I thought was, you know, he was better than last game just probably because he just got more opportunities um, to be able to score. He he did go on a bit of a scoring run in the uh, third quarter to push the lead back to double digits in the third quarter to kind of really kind of shut the water off on, on the Kings during their run. But, again, like late in the game, Davion absolutely put the clamps on him and just shut him down. Basically, he again he got one layup, but damn, he had to work for that shit. Okay, uh, to a few a few other guys I want to just quickly talk about Christian Braun Brown. They say he, he's a guy, like he's another one of those kind of big. I honestly thought he was a lot bigger than six six, but like he looks big out there, and he's a one of those smart white players, you know, who do, who don't try to do do too much. And you know is able to just make things happen. Now he's a he was a minus seven um, in the in the plus minus the, the worst plus minus. He was good. Like he he was out there making plays and he and just he's he's gonna be a player. And I don't know how good he's gonna be, but he's gonna be a perfect fit next to Jokic. Um, just a guy a guy that you know just knows how to play NBA basketball, as I like to mention. Just knows how knows where to cut, knows the open spot, and knows how to play with Jokic. Like, just seamlessly fits in there. Like, you know, like he's been playing with Jokic for years. Um, okay, another guy I just want to quickly talk about, Vlatko Konchar. I thought this was Konchar from the from the Memphis Grizzlies, but no, it is Vlatko. And uh, yeah, you know, the only thing I'll say about him, he can shoot. I, I don't know who he is, but this man can shoot. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say that. He, he hurt the Kings with, with uh, his threes. Uh, last guy I just want to quickly talk about. Not I don't want to shit on him too much, but DeAndre Jordan is not good. <laughs> he really isn't. And it really is a crime that the Kings did not just blow him out of the water when he was playing. But particularly because like Jogic isn't on the floor and you replace him with DeAndre Jordan, who just again just isn't good anymore. He had a block on Rashawn, but that's about the only good thing he did. Um yeah, so the Kings need to be able to take advantage of these kinds of situations more. They didn't. I thought they didn't take enough advantage of DeAndre Jordan when he was out there. But you know, it is what it is. They got they got the win, and it's a good win, a much needed win. They finally kind of pick up some momentum uh, after beating one of the better, one of the best teams in the East or in the East in the West, and they are now you know. Um, they are now firmly in the sixth seed, at least for now. Actually, not even firmly, because the Dallas Mavericks, after the 60-point <laughs> triple-double with 20-rebound triple-double uh, from Luka, propelled them to, you know, the same. Um, so, yeah, the Dallas Mavericks had more losses, but they do have one more win than us. So, yeah. So, good thing that the Kings won this game, because I think if they had they lost this game, they would have dropped, I think, to the 10th spot, or the they would have dropped to the 9th spot, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. So, good on them for staying strong. Really wish they won those other two games, but hey, it is what it is. They won this one, and, you know, they finally got some momentum going. They're finally able to light the beam, and uh, hopefully, they're able to carry this momentum going forward, 
and into the Jazz game because the Jazz the Jazz are a tough team. And if, if the Kings don't break and bring their A game, they are going to just simply out-hustle you. And you don't want that. <laughs> and, yeah, you, hopefully they come, they come out with their A game. They don't come out flat like they did this game because, like, the Jazz play defense. Like, as, as good as the Nuggets are, their defense is pretty bad for the most part. And... You know, let's hope that the uh, let's hope that the Kings again bring their A game on Friday because they have a they have a weird thing. It's it's, it's a definitely a problem, a more symptom of like you know suffering from the ghost of the Kings past, where they kind of tend to blow these quote unquote winnable games. So and then they all of a sudden win a random one like this one. So. Hopefully they just they just find a way to take care of business, come out strong, and put away the Jazz to firmly you know entrench themselves in the playoff race to continue winning, because this this playoff race is going to be tight. The Warriors are coming back now. They just beat the Jazz, and yeah, it's not going to get any easier. So they're going to have to keep their foot on the gas pedal. They can't take it easy. And yeah, so okay, that's all I have uh, for this episode. Um, was going to ask Fong maybe something about uh, Game of Thrones, but I don't think he's watched any episodes as of late. But um, yeah, hopefully he's back for the next for the Jazz game. Um, if not, um, him, hopefully he'll be back at some point. But one thing's for sure, I'll be there. I'll definitely be doing an episode after the Jazz game. So, okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to me. Um, Fong will hopefully be back next episode. And uh, yeah, hopefully the Kings pick up another win and hopefully I'm podcasting about another win because it's not really, it's not as much fun to talking about losses. It's, it's good to win. So, okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to this one. Hopefully uh, the Kings pick up another win and I'll catch you guys back on the next one. And hopefully Fong will be there as well.